to another episode of the Hey Look Listen podcast. I am Jonathan, and here today I am joined by one very familiar face and one brand new exciting face. Uh, let's talk to the old boring face first. Liam, how are you? Boring face was my name in secondary school, actually, that's what everyone called me. Yeah, Especially the girls. Yeah, those, those teachers were really mean. Uh, <laughs> it's really terrible that they did that. Um, Liam, good to see you again, as always. Hi. Um, but very excited to introduce uh, a good friend of mine. Um, we've known each other for a very long time. Um, he is, I think he's listened to at least one episode of the podcast, which is, to us means he's a fan, which is fantastic. Uh, he is a huge video game fan, um, has, a, has a fantastic uh, YouTube series, which I'm sure we'll talk about as well. Uh, but CJ, welcome to the podcast. How are you, man? Howdy, John. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. Uh, are you excited to be here today? Are you... I'm a little bit apprehensive, but to be honest, I've already just found that the uh, the magic spell has been broken because I legitimately thought that at the start of every podcast, you guys went, bow, 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 <laughs> do, 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 do. so you would know when the intro would end. And, yeah. you know, if you guys are just aren't going to take it seriously, I don't know yeah. why I'm here. I, I make that noise with my ass. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's the magic really ruined now. Um, I actually, that's a good question, CJ. Liam, where did we find that intro? Because I love that intro um, and outro uh, little track. Where did we find that? Can you remember? I actually have an amazing anecdote about that, actually. Uh, oh. Own found it on a free to use website. Oh, oh, sorry. Okay, right. Oh, okay, you really. Yeah, that's yeah. I literally leaned back in my chair, ready to listen to an anecdote. But I wonder if I saw, if I heard it on a different podcast or a different production, I do think it would be kind of sacral. It feels like ours now, even though it's absolutely not. It's completely um, free domain, whatever you call it. So I, I, but I would feel kind of like, hey, that's us. You can't use that. It does feel that way. It's like it, like if I play it. Like if I play, if I was you know editing apps and stuff, and Steph hears it, she's like, "Oh, you're doing the podcast, making like, yeah, we're that's our sound." Um, but no, CJ, we in fact, CJ, we might be sued for that someday. I don't know. We might not be. Oh, I'll keep it in mind. Free at all. Yeah, if you don't know where I'm found it, so yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, welcome to the podcast, CJ. It's, it's great to see you, sir. Uh, we will definitely have some uh, good chats uh, today about your your kind of love for video gaming and um, your YouTube series as well. But maybe we'll start off as we usually do. By kind of finding out what folks are playing, Liam, what are you? Uh, what's keeping you, you busy video game wise right now? I am playing something, but I'm actually like only like an hour into it, so I don't. I won't be able to give like an in depth analysis of it. But I'm playing a video game called Sea of Stars at the moment. Oh yes, yes. Uh, CJ just gave me the thumbs up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's really weird. Um, so the developer of this game made a game I really like called The Messenger, and uh, it's actually set in the same universe as that game. But The Messenger is a really weird one. I actually played The Messenger because i read an article about the upcoming sea of stars i was like this these developers are making a chrono trigger inspired jrpg and i was like wow what else have they done and then and then and and this keeps coming up in this podcast but i'll bring it up again when i started playing the messenger literally the next day uh, first lockdown started in the pandemic march 2020 mm-hmm. so the messenger for me is just is this like quintessential pandemic game and i like uh i never usually say this but i messenger is a game i really like it's really interesting and it's it's uh but it's almost like too many ideas in it Mm. I, I'd like to see a pared down version of it. It has some cool ideas, like yeah, just kind of jumping between two different kind of um, styles of graphics and kind of going from sixteen bit um, world to an eight bit world. But the most genius part of it is, I'm talking about the old game now. I apologize. But the most genius part, <laughs> the most genius part of it is that it's it's level to level to level for the first half, and then the second half, all those levels are recontextualized and stitched together as a Metroidvania type thing. And then you're, oh, that's very cool. It's very interesting. So I think they're class developers, and I've really liked Sea of Stars so far. But I, it, the, the beautiful um, 16-bit inspired graphics, story seems good, characters seem nice, battle system, and like, and it's like Chrono Trigger is like top ten game for me. So. Um, it's heavily Chrono Trigger inspired, and I was uh, I got it for free as well on PlayStation Premium, which is wonderbar. Oh, but uh, maybe next time we do an episode, I'll have more. Uh, CJ, are you playing it? Are you put a thumbs up. I was about to say I've got some great news for you because I've got twenty one hours into Sea of Stars in the last two weeks, and it mm. is phenomenal all the way through. Excellent, that's good news. So maybe next next episode I'll have things to say. But I only started it yesterday, and I'm an hour like an hour and a half into it or something like that. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to finish it tomorrow morning because I've done as much of the side content and optional stuff that's opened up as possible. But I kind of want to just have more of the game. It's uh, it's very much my jam. 
Is, it, is there any overt messenger connections in it? Have you played the messenger? To my knowledge, there's only a like a, a secret at the end of the game thing of like a dev room Chrono Trigger style thing, but otherwise, mm-hmm. I, I don't know of any other connections. So I haven't played the messenger myself yet, but since oh, it's yeah. also one plus extra, I have that in my backlog then for when I have time to play. And I'm about to ask you, CJ, what are you playing right now? But is it also Sea of Stars? Sorry, you're a guest here and I stole your thunder. I took your game. It's, okay. <laughs> I, it's not the only thing I've been playing, thankfully. Um, I've been playing a lot of Sea of Stars single-player stuff. I just finished Sniper Elite 5 in co-op with my uh, co-op buddy, Alki. Oh. Uh, that was a good laugh. It was uh, with PlayStation Plus last month. And I'd be doing some VRing, trying to get some Firewall Ultra in with some friends. Oh, yeah, but you have that PSVR too, don't you, CJ? I do. I was very lucky that my partner got it for me uh, for my birthday this year, so I didn't have to spend £500 on it. Um, but Firewall Ultra, sadly, is the, the most recent game I've been trying to get into, and it's a bit broken at launch. So I'm hoping to come back to that with more positive news once the... Um, what's the world been before? Oh, yeah, Unfuck It. <laughs> the technical term. Um, how has the PSVR two been? Like I, I see you tweet about Great. it. Great. I, I don't know if you recall back in the day, um, Mike from GameStop. He gave me a loan of the PSVR one. Um, I had it for like three weeks or so to try a bunch of stuff. I had a terrible time with the PSVR one. The tracking was sh- absolutely shockingly bad. Yeah. The the games themselves were mostly okay or occasionally good, like the Astros um, Rescue Mission was great when it worked, but the tracking was terrible, the controllers, the move stuff was bad, and I got motion sickness real fast. With this one, it's been a much better experience, just the better field of view, the better graphics, the better rendering. Like yeah. It makes That's you feel more immersed without feeling anywhere near as nauseous. So, and, what, and how do you, because yeah, I've read that, that it technically is a huge step up, a huge improvement, but how, because I get, I was very excited about it and I was close to buying it. Um, I would actually add that my birthday is at the end of this month, so if my partner is listening. <laughs> just yeah, just I'm just saying if she is. Um if she is if she is listening to it. But um have you what have you kind of what like how do you feel about the amount of games I've released for it first? Because I I do think there's been a bit of a kind of a discourse about that, people saying it hasn't Kind there's people really out there who, who who say it's a bit of a flop or the, the library isn't there but as someone who hasn't really had vr before this there's a lot more games available for it than i can afford to buy and i want to play like well, um I, i've got yeah. i've got the light brigade in my backlogs that just came out physically on uh, friday there uh, i want to play synapse is supposed to be fantastic as well uh there's the horizon game i never got into from the launch because I, I needed to get oh, my yeah. vr legs under me first like gran turismo 7 is utterly ridiculously good in vr i could never play again on a, a flat screen so yeah. you know I, I, i'm having a great time with it and I'm, ha- I'm i've got plenty of things to play on it that i'm not really having any problems of mm, there's no games yeah that's that's, yeah, that's fair it's a good problem or a good problem to not have i should say yes. um i my oculus i only now use it for watching movies um, that's the only thing I actually use it for. Um, yeah, the, the type of movie is best not discussed. Well, no. Well, I, I feel very okay talking about uh, Tim Burton movies. I don't know why you seem to think that's such a negative <laughs> thing that I watch so many Tim Burton movies. It wasn't the kind um, of movies that came to mind when you're watching them on Oculus. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're not going to talk about me watching porn and you know, <laughs> my father may, may have listened to an episode. He may do it again. I like how you're more worried about your dad listening to it than your partner listening to it since you've already admitted that she listens to it on occasion. I'm pretty sure she uses the, the VR headset for the exact same thing. Um, anyway, let's not talk about my family. Uh, I was very happy to say nothing there. I just want you dig and dig. Uh, I don't know why I kept talking. Uh, I will probably edit this episode in. Just, you know. um, but uh, what am I playing? I hear no one ask. Um, Marcy, what are you playing? Yeah, thanks, tell. thanks. Um, so I was playing uh, Tears of the Kingdom and I yes. was loving the shit out of it. If anyone listening wonder why we haven't done an episode yet, completely my fault. Uh, we're waiting on you, yeah. yeah. You, you won't let us. We, we were like, <laughs> me and Kev were like, we're going to do an episode on Tears of the Kingdom. And Martha was like, I want to do I want to be I, I, play I, first and be there. I had terrible FOMO. I was like, people are talking about that one, aren't we? Um, uh, actually loving it. I'm like 60 hours in doing the last yeah. um, classic region, you know, for yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever, um, before we're going to head into the end of it. And obviously, Borders Gate and Starfield are out, two games that I. Literally, can't. I've never been this excited for two games at the same time ever. Um, I'm like, I've been watching Stephanie Starfield, she's loving it a lot. Everything I've seen, I really like, even though I'm trying to ignore all the, the kind of crazy nonsense online. And so, Bob Gates, obviously, super excited. And so, about a week before Starfield uh, released, I was like, oh, it's like a little bit of a Bethesda hit, it's like a little, little sample. 
Um, so I downloaded uh, Fallout New Vegas, which you know is probably more of an, an Obsidian game to be fair. Um, I have not touched Tears of the Kingdom in like two weeks, um, which I feel I feel guilty about, which is kind of a silly thing to feel as a 34-year-old man playing video games, but I do. Um, uh, I just, I'm so hooked into it. It's, it's dirty claws in me. Um, I don't know how many hours I put into it. I don't want to say that out loud. Um, but I will get back to Tears of the Kingdom soon, Liam. I'm not. Do, why, why, why are you jacking that at me? I don't mind. Because I, I, the messages. He sends me these messages. Um, <laughs> they're usually on Snapchat, so they disappear. It's usually like a quick flash <laughs> of him being really upset. Um, but no, I've been playing that a lot and loving it. I'm really excited for uh, for uh, Baldur's Gate, though. Like uh, I've already bought it for PS5. It's good to go. Um, I'm curious. Are you, Liam? I know we talked about you maybe not playing Starfield, but you're you're going to play Baldur's Gate. You're saying you're. you're yeah, I'm. That. I'm okay for Starfield. I'm okay kind of being outside the zeitgeist in that one. You know, you know I don't have to buy every AAA big game that comes out, you know, but Baldur's Gate, I've never played Baldur's Gate. Um, I never played a, a game set in the D&D universe. I remember having yeah. friends who were really into Neverwinter Nights and stuff like that and the old ones, but I've never done it, but um, I'm liking everything I see about it. And even outside the gameplay of it, which looks fantastic, I, it, it's given me kind of Mass Effect persona vibes of just kind of hanging out with yeah. people and stuff like that. And, you know, to romance your your characters you know we all we if, all love that if, now, if they're there yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so so i'm actually really excited for that aspect i'm um going to do sea of stars first that kind of popped into my life and then after that i think i'm going to get what i was getting it's going to be my could be till the end of the year because isn't it massive isn't it isn't it like huge yeah I've, uh, yeah I have a new job at the moment so i don't have much as much time for gaming as i have i've had so that might last me until Christmas nice. <laughs> What would you see, Jay? Are you going to pick up Starfield and, and Boris Gator? Uh, at the moment, I don't have a means of playing Starfield. The uh, yeah. the laptop that I acquired recently uh, struggles to run Empire at War at a decent frame rate, so I'm thinking Starfield might be a bit beyond it. Um, but Baldur's Gate, I'm looking forward to playing greatly. I'm just going to wait until after Spider-Man 2, because if I start Baldur's Gate now, I won't play Mortal Kombat or anything else. That makes a lot of sense. Uh... I don't know if we're going to edit that or not, but I'm going to just be very transparent. I'm recording this podcast by an open window because it's <laughs> insufferably hot right now uh, in Ireland. Uh, and there's some really annoying, shitty kids outside who won't shut up. See, um, I, don't know, I don't know CJ as well as you, and I thought maybe he had children for a second. I didn't know what was happening. We've got a winner and a pickles, which is a cat and dog. But that's all and dog. Imagine that. You know, sorry, CJ's son is doing Shut up! Do this podcast! Fuck! Uh, but okay, that's great. Uh, so very exciting to hear. Oh my god, that kid! Shut the fuck up. This is, this is oh staying my, in. It's going. Yeah, stay keep it in. Yeah. Oh god, he's got lungs in him. Um, but I'd love to do well, our, our idea here with kind of bringing folks onto the podcast who who know love games as well is kind of having a bit of a chit chat about how their love for games started, the games they played when they were younger, what's kind of kept them interested uh, up until now, and how they kind of feel like the gaming kind of world has changed in that time. Um, which I think is very exciting because there's a few folks that actually reached out to already. I've been told Liam this, um, oh who, I, who aren't actually really into games anymore, um, who still love them or have kind of come in and out of them over time. Um, and shock horror, one of them's actually a woman as well. We've never had a woman on the podcast. Um, it's always been Liam's rule. He's really kind of uh, eased <laughs> up on it. So <laughs> so come on, uh, which we're very very I'm excited sick of about. falling in love, Morris. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but I'd love to kind of maybe to kind of start us off, uh, CJ, if you don't mind. Like, I honestly, because I actually need the context here first. Uh, me and CJ worked together at HMV um, for many, many years. I was there for you know four years. I think you were there for five. I think you said uh, I was there a little bit before you, yeah, but not yeah, that maybe a year. Just there for me. The, the golden days of HMV. We had, we had a great crew of folks working there. Um, yes. But but CJ had like because I joined. I really wanted to kind of you know work kind of the game section uh, in the store. Um, but that just was never going to happen. CJ had that kind of on pretty tough lockdown uh, most of the time. I think he was there. I think maybe you know Derek or Mark might have had a bit of a, a foray with it as well. Um, but it was always your kind of space. But for you, like, how far back does the love for video games kind of go? Like, when did it kind of first start, or when do you first kind of remember kind of getting into? Well, my first video game formative memory is sitting on my dad's lap as we played RoboCop and Batman on the Spectrum. Because oh, he'd got one of them for himself, and uh, I was like, "Don't we watch him just, you know, jumping on platforms as a big green robot?" And then he even had the classic bit of, you know, like shooting the the guy through the uh, the dress. 
with the kind of first person perspective. Oh, did they have that? Really? We need to contact the rape crisis center. That's in, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I remember him having to always do the the puzzles in the Batman game for me because I could do the bits like driving the Batmobile and firing batarangs at lampposts to turn you yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. And then there'd be a level where it's like, figure out where Joker put the Smilex and the different things. And it's like 17 different combinations of products. And I was too, too young for it. So I just stared and go like, this and this. This and this. No. Dad. And he'd have to get past that level for me because otherwise I couldn't play the rest of the game. Um, the Spectrum. I don't think I ever owned no, no, yeah, or never played, played it even. Yeah, no. That's really, really cool. See, this is what happens when you bring an old man onto the podcast. <laughs> no, um, to, to, CJ is... It might have sounded, CJ is actually in his early 70s. Yes. Um, he, he does sound uh, much younger, I find. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so yeah, <laughs> the, the Spectrum was the first one. And then when I my, my brother was growing up, he got a SNES for Christmas. So I then, I, I was lucky enough to, to have a family where I could actually get pocket money on a, a relatively recent basis. I saved up my pocket money for a full year, got myself a Super Nintendo with Mario All-Stars bundle that came out, mm. and uh, then spent most of my childhood playing on the SNES. Uh, I made friends with my, my, my buddy Ultima Revan, who I still play with to this day. Oh, wow. He was my, that, that long. He was my next door neighbor when I was growing up in Glasgow, yeah. Um, oh, and he'd, he'd come down to my house and we'd play uh, stuff like uh, Super Bomberman and Mario Kart on my SNES. And then I'd go up to his house and we'd play in his Mega Drive and they'd play stuff like the Buck Rogers game and Mercs and stuff on the uh, Mega Drive he had. So we'd did just you play, play, did you play Mega Bomberman to Superior Bomberman? No, because I had a multi-tap for the SNES, which meant <laughs> I could play with four people at the same time, which just was better. Damn it. <laughs> I got, I, what, a, what a slick Bomberman retort. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, let me tell you, that, that I think that was the only game we ever owned that the multi-tap was ever used for, but it got mm. plenty of use for that. Um, that's, that's incredible. Yeah, we 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 play um, Streets of Rage and Golden Axe in his console, and I've got to throw a real old one here, Super Swiv, which I bet you guys probably have ever heard of. Was no, a, not Super Swiv. Go on. It was an incredibly old, you know, um, kind of two D shooter where one person would be in a helicopter and one person would be in a jeep, so you had to choose between mobility or firepower, and then there'd be you know where you'd drive up the screen and shoot bad guys like uh, pretty much any of those games like Mercs or you know uh, Gradius or anything like that. But yeah, it was it was great. That's really um, cool. You've actually kind of, you've always kind of been attracted to multiplayer games, haven't you? Like for yeah. like you, you kind of because like I got the one thing actually I would say about me, Liam Owen and Kev actually, I don't think we dabble that often in kind of multiplayer games. Maybe we do a bit of co-op every now and then, but not not as much. But you've always kind of been attracted to multiplayer games. What, what is it about it that you kind of love so much? Yeah, I figure it's always one of those things like when I was growing up being a nerdy kid in the 90s, it was hard to make real friends in the real world, but when you brought people around to play video games with you, it didn't really matter what you talked about at school, they were happy enough just to you know mash buttons and get beat up in Street Fighter or whatnot, so it helped to just be a bridge to you know make friends with people in the real world, because we got along in video games, or at the arcades, back when arcades used to actually exist. Um so yeah, yeah, that was kind of the main thing got me into that. And of course, to have my, my best friend live next door, we'd, we'd play a ton of stuff in co-op. Like, I'd say co-op is probably my big love, followed by single-player, then multiplayer. But, you know, there are just so many great multiplayer games out there. It's, it's, it's a good way. When I moved to Ireland, it was a great way to stay in touch with people who lived in yeah. Glasgow and mm-hmm. be able to, you know, keep the, the friendship going that way. Yeah, that's how when I was living in Canada, I found the same every now and then, just jumping on with folks. It's, and even today, actually, man, as I get older... It's still like me. We kind of keep in touch with you in that way, don't we? Really, we do occasionally. We do video game nights or watch bad movies and stuff. It's almost easier to kind of hmm. uh, to do that kind of online as it is in person. Really now, because everyone's so busy. You know? Well, the podcast actually really brought you and I back, kind of hanging out more and more. So we were all oh, oh, yeah. no, we didn't have a falling out, but we what? spoke maybe once or twice a year for a few years, I'd say, right? And then then we started a podcast. You're for better or worse, kind of a frequent fixture in my life now since since we started it, you know? Oh, God, well, he, it's weird. He sounded exasperated, but if you saw how he looked when you said that, uh, far, far worse. But Liam, I'm curious. You've kind of always... You've, ne- you've never really played much fair games, like the Call of Duties, the, the Battle of the Eater, no. like that. You've never really been attracted to that. What's kind of always put you off that or maybe not, hasn't attracted you to it? I don't know, because I was like... I've said on this podcast before, my multiplayer kind of memories history is the kind of shoulder-to-shoulder couch games like mm. on the n64 and the ps1 and stuff like that and gamecube ps2 kind of era as well so yeah i never kind of transitioned transitioned into online stuff but even when like my friends were coming over day coming over every day and we we're playing mario kart or golden eye and whatnot at the time i would still say like if it was like you know what's the best n64 game i would mm. never include the multiplayer ones like it's like <laughs> no 
Mario Kart is not a good as good as Majora's Mask, or so I was always much more into single player games. I always treat treat video games like a kind of a book. You know, it's um, something you kind of just kind of you and you 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 and you and the screen, you and the screen yeah. is kind of like an ultimate relaxation. It's almost like anti socializing. <laughs> I'm not I'm not being a curmudgeon or anything, but it kind of is like you know. And so sometimes uh, another human involvement kind of turns me, <laughs> turns me off. But I nowadays. I like CJ said. I gravitate much more towards co-op games than um, than uh, you know first-person shooters or multiplayer games or anything. I'm not that competitive, really. I can be. I can be. A sh- the thing is, I'm not that competitive. But when I am, I'm really shitty ass about it. Like I get really shitty with like, Smash Brothers when I'm like, you know, I'm a, I'm a bad yes, winner. I'm a, I'm a bad yes, winner. He does. <laughs> yeah. You're very good at it as well. That's the problem. <laughs> but um, yeah, like Kevin and I, we're, we just played a really kind of neat series called We Were Here, which is like. Um, uh, puzzle games and but ones that require you to talk the entire time because you have to explain things to each other. I think if a co-op game has you chatting about the game, no, I'm not, again not a curmudgeon. I'm okay with like talking about real life, but I love when a game is so absorbing that you're just mm. talking about it the whole time. That's the kind of stuff I would go for for multiplayer these days. If I could make a quick suggestion for you, if you just finished mm. Weaver here, have you guys played Operation Tangle? No. It was free with PlayStation Plus a couple of years back, and it is a fantastic asymmetrical uh, co-op game where one of you is an agent on the ground and the other one is a hacker, so you get to be a guy in a chair, and you have to do that thing while we were here of, okay, I'm looking at a fuse board. It's got these colors on it and these pins, mm-hmm. and the other person has to then go and look it up in the manual. It's like a less stressful keep talking or and no one explodes kind of thing, but uh, it presented in that you know, James Bond hacking yeah. and heisting style. It's pretty short, maybe only a couple of hours, but it's a really, really good example of that. Use it sounds like exactly what I'd be looking for. Thank you. Yeah, that actually kind of segues nicely into a question I have for you, CJ. Um, as long as I've known you, and I, I would consider myself someone who loves video games and has a, a decent amount of knowledge about them and kind of you know the history of video games. I feel for as long as I've known you, you've always said the phrase "Have you played insert game?" And I have ninety nine percent of the time said no. Which always fascinates me. Like, or, or I, I'm like, I haven't even heard of that. It's insane. Like, I don't, I don't, I've never heard that the company make it or where, where it's come from. What kind of like, because what like attracts you to video games? Like, like, how do you pick a video game to play now? Because I do feel like you play probably, you, you wouldn't just, you know, just be playing AAA games. You kind of search out for the indies and kind of the unknowns as well. So, how, how do you kind of find games like that to, to play? I mean, honestly, a lot of that comes down to shenanigans is the uh, the simple answer. So one of the major benefits that we have... Everyone drink, we, that's the word. Yeah. That was the word we had him down to say today. Uh, <laughs> when we uh, when we used to work for HMV, they implemented their silly trading schemes, which allowed us to profit off the system. Like, for a quick example for you, Liam, uh, when Assassin's Creed, the first Assassin's Creed came out, it cost, four, it cost 60 euros. With staff discount, we get it for 40 it would have a guaranteed trade price of two weeks of 45 euros credit. So I would literally buy a game, trade it in, and make money on the play. So I'd be able to just pick up every game that came in with these trade deals, play them, and then trade them back in. I ended up with enough money left over in a gift card. I was able to get the Assassin's Creed 2 collector edition from work because I had that much spare credit on it. So... It was the same then when I, I got to work for GameStop, which is now sadly defunct in Ireland, but um, they had a staff loan system where you could buy any second-hand game that was in stock with a gift card, play it for up to a week, and then bring it back and you get the full refund on the gift card. So when I started working for GameStop and found out about that scheme, I literally just went through the, uh, the PS3 and then PS4 sections and just went, I haven't played that, I'll take it out for a week or a couple of days, or even just a couple of hours if it turned out to be really, really awful, like a couple of the uh, fishing games that I tried on the the PS4, Um, and just be like, well, I haven't tried that, I haven't tried that, and just broaden my horizons that way. That's fascinating. So, so Dan, do you have, because I'm looking at Liam here, and behind Liam there's a lovely little video game collection he has, he's built up over the years, he's moved a bit more so I can see it. Um, It looks fantastic. Um, Do you have a collection of video games then, CJ, or do you just keep the ones you really love? I don't have a vast collection, no. Like I, I've got a decent, I've got a decent digital library just from being on PlayStation Plus since inception. So like, there's a lot of stuff I own digitally that way. But like looking at the stuff I have just now, I think I own maybe 20, 25 video games on like physical formats. Mm-hmm. I've got a couple of hundred that I've bought digitally that were only available digitally. But I tend to just buy something physically, play it through, and if I'm going to keep it forever, I'll still trade it in and get it digitally. Because, well, for a lot of the discs that came out these days, there's not enough on it to make it worth keeping a disc. If a disc has the full game on it, I'll keep the disc version over the digital just in case it gets delisted or something down the line. But, um, 
Yeah, I, I, I find it, I, I rarely go back to things that I've already played, so I'm happier mm-hmm. just to trade it in mm-hmm. and put it towards the next one. Oh, interesting. So you wouldn't kind of like you you wouldn't go back and replay an old classic or sit down and play through something for you know, the second or third time. Like I, I say that as I, I, I having just got this new laptop, I immediately installed a, a couple of games I haven't played on PCs since I had one when StarCraft Two first came out. So like I've got uh, XCOM Enemy Within on there waiting for me to boot it back up again. Oh, nice. Um, but yeah, like uh, apart from playing stuff in maybe ten years time, like I wouldn't go back to something that quickly or that often. Like with the new Spider-Man game coming out in October, uh, I haven't replayed the first game or Miles Morales because they're still very fresh in my mind. I no, wouldn't not go back. Good either. But they're both fantastic. Oh. Um, you, you could say better than Batman Arkham games if you wanted to. That's well, we we hang on, no, I won't play. No, I'm <laughs> I'm gonna pass I'm gonna it was worth a try. It was close. Um, yeah. and then that's for, I'm not trying to kind of pitch you against you, but I am. It seems to be happening, doesn't it? Um, Liam, then you're kind of the opposite. You love physical games, um, and you kind of shy away from the, the digital realm. Um, and I, I think have I told the story already? I might have already told a story about you not getting a game recently you tried to buy the physical copy of was it re- the most recent resident evil you tried to buy the resident evil 4 yeah have you told a story in the podcast already can't you remember have? it was an absolutely infuriating day <laughs> okay. trying to... would you mind telling it again just in case anyone has i was trying to I just, like everything cj said there sounds so wise and i'm like <laughs> correct you know but i have a kind of a weird serotonin thing I, lo- I do like collecting them since like me and my brother were doing it as kids and i like the amassing collection of of, of games uh, especially when I like it, it's it's not really tenable. Especially when I moved, you know, I'm mm. home in, in Limerick now again. But when I was living in Sweden, there it was like, what am I going to do? Like, I'm not going to bring the collection with me, you know. And it was actually <laughs> even just a pain in the ass to bring what I did bring, that kind of thing. So, despite myself, I am gravitating towards digital uh, these days. But I wanted a copy of Resident Evil Four because it would have been my first PS5 game. Uh, I love Resident Evil Four in general. I was really hyped for it, and um, no GameStop anymore, so that was out. So, I tried to buy it. What happened? Uh, Amazon messed up my order, first of all. It was supposed to come from Amazon. Sorry for using Amazon, but I had to, okay? But, uh, but um, so, you know, Smith's Toy Store in Limerick um, had copies of it. So I paid click and collect, and it was lashing rain. I paid for a taxi to bring me out there. And some poor young staff member had accidentally sold my copy of it, and it was the last, and it was the last copy of it. And then I, um, so I couldn't get it. Got the taxi home. It ends up cost because of the rain and the traffic. It the tra- taxi ends up costing me thirty five euro. Oh, so, I didn't know that bit of the story. That's insane. Oh, so God. I pay. I paid thirty five euro to not get Resident Evil Four, and then I just went home and downloaded it. And it was honestly like I'm saying it with a smile on my face. I was remember the remember the messages I was sending in chat. I was like, Owen was Owen was openly laughing at me, but no. I was fucking furious. Oh, I was so said, angry. I can't exactly say, but it's something like you know. I am outraged. It was just like <laughs> the, the rage was so genuine. And I was like, it's just, this is a game, dude. But yeah, so I, I, I get it though. I totally get it. So I haven't bought many. I only own one physical PS5 game now. It's Final Fantasy 16. I, I do want to see the growing collection, but like, I don't think I will. I don't think it's going to happen, especially with PlayStation Premium. A lot of the games I want are just on it. So I'm like, yeah, I'll download that. So I think my days of the amassing collection might be coming yeah. to an end, you know? Yeah, I think, I think most folks would, would, would probably say that now with the amount of different kind mm. of offerings out there. Um, and one thing I'd love to kind of actually ask you as well, uh, CJ, it's kind of we were talking recently a few episodes ago about kind of the 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 love for Xbox and the love for PlayStation and mm-hmm. the kind of the ongoing Uh-oh. war Uh-oh. That, that seems to be there. Are we dipping uh, our toes into the console wars? Just 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 to <laughs> I mean, see what the temperature is like. If you want engagement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, true. Yeah, it's all, it's all about the cool young podcasters we're talking about. Um, uh, you, for me, you've always kind of been a Sony person. Um, yes, I believe you've always been kind of you know that's what you've been your jams that you've loved. Did you call him a phony person? Uh, not now. Earlier, I did to you yeah. privately in a phone call, Liam. Uh, not, not just now. No, uh, <laughs> that's awful. Um, but uh, now. I don't think you've ever kind of picked a side. I've never seen you tweet anything out or kind of, you know, <laughs> get angry or anything. But I have seen you engage a lot with kind of the Xbox fanboys and kind of defend Sony, I suppose, a bit. Um, I, 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 I think love to hear your thoughts is, on it. I try to correct misinformation when I can. Like, no, okay, okay. Being experienced in the, the theatre of video games, if you will, and having spent a lot of time here, it's, it's more just a thing of it's, it, it irks my broken brain, where it's like people are saying things like, oh, Spider-Man and Death Stranding are the same game because it's a third-person QTE mash game. It's like, nah, no, it is not. Yeah. 
it's stuff like that or just people straight up lying about stuff misremembering things or just trying to make things sound less impressive than they are for getting points on the internet and stuff like that i i find myself compelled to just be like here no you know that's not true stop stop telling lies on the internet you're not allowed to do that it's, it's not, if that was true, CJ, this podcast wouldn't exist. Um, but it's I've never played again. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not even here. I'm AI. Um, but so it's not born out of any kind of particular specific love for Sony. Like when you were kind of, because yeah, I don't, I don't remember ever choosing to pl- to pick a PlayStation over anything else. Do you know what I mean? I kind of just put, sounds really kind of very middle class thing to say but it was like well my parents got me for christmas is usually the, the console i played to be honest yeah um so you never kind of you know had that kind of choice where like oh, i'm actively not going to buy an xbox and stick with sony or, or is it just because of the exclusives you kind of always kind of kept you there like the, the the main reason i went to sony first was when the ps1 was coming out was um i used to subscribe to Superplay magazine with an old snes mag back in the day um and one of the the best games i experienced on the snes was final fantasy 6 because that was a, a absolute masterpiece and still probably the game I bought the most times on the most formats now. Um, and they were advertising Final Fantasy VII was coming to PlayStation. And I was like, well, got to get a PlayStation for that. So yeah. that was it. After that, I had it. And the games I wanted to play were always on PlayStation. Occasionally, there would be something that would come to Xbox 360, because like I, I barely even noticed the original Xbox because I just wasn't interested in the stuff that was going yeah, on at the time. Same. Like, I think Mass Effect was the first mm-hmm. game that came to Xbox 360, where it's like, maybe Bioshock, I should get 360 no. for that. Honestly, no. But can Bioshock is, is good. Can I, but can I pause it, you quickly? I have true. to say, just because it, it came into my head. That's so weird. I have just received a message in my brain from the past that some people call a memory um, that uh, of CJ playing Mass Effect 1 on the Xbox in the lunchroom HMV. And he yes. played through the entirety of the game, didn't you? Uh, I, I, I did. On lunch breaks over like weeks and weeks and weeks. Uh, it was about two and a half months. Two and a half months. I mean, we had pretty good lunch breaks. Um, yeah. In HMB, we actually did. Uh, did, you so walk, did, did you walk in on him and he was fucking Liara? <laughs> <laughs> I, I made you not to engage in any romance in that one. Um, but you, you may also know, um, or you, I don't know if you know at the time, but um, I actually got a loan of an Xbox 360 from Mark for about a month and a half. And I got to play what through I got to play through Mass Effect 1 and 2 because they were both out at the time. And I tried to play through Gears of War was the other games they gave me a one of that uh, I didn't really get into myself because they probably wouldn't be better in co-op, but I didn't have anyone able to get it to me with at the time. Um, but yeah, like the Mass Effect games were pretty much the main things that were on 360 that even vaguely tempted me. But um, yeah, otherwise, it, it's the same thing now. Like I, I actually own 10 Xbox One games that I've picked up from various workplaces at ridiculous bargain prices. Like I picked up a copy of Rare Replay for 99 pence last year. Because then someday I'll own an Xbox series that I can put them into and experience the games I'm interested in. Like I got Halo Wars. I got Halo Wars 2. I got Ori Quite Tradition sitting back there. I got Gears 4 and 5. They're all in the plastic where they were all things I paid like 99p and 199 for because that's the price of a game that's on Game Pass. Um, but the actual impetus to buy an Xbox to play them yeah. just hasn't came along. Gosh, that is... And do you, um, since your Super Nintendo days, do you do Nintendo anymore? I do. I, I, I've had every Nintendo console oh, that right. they've, they've, they've been able to sell me. So I had, the, I, had the, I had the SNES. I very briefly had a Virtual Boy. Uh, I had a 64. That's pretty good cred, man. Yeah. <laughs> you, you think that, but I just have memories of pain and red, so it's not really that useful. Um, I mean, if you think VR, if you think PSVR is bad, you should try the virtual one. Um, I had the 64, I had the GameCube, and I've got a Switch. I, I skipped over the Wii U. I had the Wii, but the Wii U was dead. Um, and my Switch got tons of playtime. Like, I, I got my Switch for Mario Odyssey, and if it was the only game I ever got my Switch for, it was still worth paying that price for. I agree. Absolutely. Absolutely one agree. Of yeah. one, of the, one of those Easy system win. seller games, isn't it? Yes. Um, so yeah, I, I would describe myself as a PlayStation and Nintendo person more so than just a PlayStation person, and I do have an interest in some games Xbox have, but not enough to spend five hundred quid on a console. Not when that's money I could spend on a whole bunch of other games that I could probably stretch into like thirty games on PlayStation or Switch. On my on my Tinder profile, I have Nintendo fan, Sony fan, foot fetishist, <laughs> ex pedophile. Oh, <God. laughs> 
at least it's X. At least it's I moved on. Yeah. Moved on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so speaking of like Starfield, you know, we asked to start. You said you don't have a way to play it. Would you? Yes. Would you think Starfield is like a console seller? Do you think? Mm. It, I would say no, because enough? if it was a console seller, I'd have an Xbox. Oh, we that's, got you there now, man. Well, well, Verbal <laughs> tennis happening here. Um, I, the the other thing is that I've not been a fan of Bethesda's more recent works. Like um, mm. I enjoyed Fallout New Vegas was the the best of those games. I liked Fallout Three. I didn't like Four that much because the the, the yeah. whole outpost and settlement that's stuff right. just felt like unnecessary very shaft yeah. and way too repetitive. Um, and you're probably going to you know kick me off the podcast for this, but I didn't like either Oblivion or Skyrim. I just thought they were bad video games. <laughs> like CJ, CJ seems to be disconnected there yeah. from the podcast. We'll, we'll, <laughs> um, we'll try and reconnect there before the end. Of the... No, oh, go ahead, because the great segue, I want to kind of ask you guys around Bethesda, so please go on. Yeah, uh, Oblivion has probably the worst leveling up system I've ever seen in a video game. It is terrible, yeah. They, they, match, very, they match with you as you go along. The, the, the very notion of you should pick skills you're not going to use so you don't level <laughs> up by accident to make the game harder is like, I thought it was an RPG. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. The, the, the breaking point for that was when I was playing it on the PS3, and it was not long after the PS3 launched, so there wasn't much else to play. And I was I, I picked athletics as one of my skills to, when I wanted to level up after leveling up my other skills enough. And my partner went into the room, saw me jumping around a, a town yeah. to level it up, yeah, went out, did other things, came back, still He's filmed still me jumping around the town. It was like, what are you doing? I was like, you know what? I don't actually know. And I stopped, and I didn't play Oblivion again. That's and then right. I, very fair. I, I tried getting into Skyrim, but it just it didn't really grab me at all. I, I, I don't know what it was. It's, it's not the setting because I've got two hundred forty hours in The Witcher, which is basically just Skyrim, but you know, Polish. Um, and it has a good combat system, so maybe it's just yeah. that. Yeah, no, it's it's because it's, it's like I've been on Reddit a lot the, the last week or so, uh, like reading about kind of the the to and fro of Starfield. Some people loving it, some people really hating it. Like a lot of very well known, I would say. Twitch and YouTube streamers have really been shitting on it in a big, big way. Um, mm-hmm. Still seems to have fairly decent critic scores. I'm not sure how that really kind of happened. Um, my partner's playing it. She's enjoying it, but she kind of actually seems what you just said, CJ. She actually really disliked Skyrim. She couldn't get into it. Felt it was very kind of clunky, boxy. The combat really wasn't very, very good. Just had that lack kind of, you know, it polished. Um, oh, you said Polish. <laughs> Um, uh, Liam, for you, I know you also uh, hate Bethesda and Todd Howard like, very, very passionately. Um, well, Todd, Todd Howard is a fucking reptile, right? Yeah, yeah. But, um, but, but I know you, you actually, you, you've, you've always said I'm okay for Bethesda. You've always said that to me. What, yeah. what kind of is, is you know, has interaction? Do you, do you feel kind of beset on all sides? Because I think if you're anywhere else, like Bethesda, Bethesda games are so universally loved, yet on this podcast, you find yourself alone. Uh, uh, <laughs> can I actually think it's a great question. Uh, yeah, I do actually. No, no, no. I, I, think, um, I think it's what kind of makes the podcast so much fun to do i think we all have i think we do have little different quirks that we love and different games we love i and if i go back to the podcast man i remember talking about skyrim things one of my favorite games i'm pretty sure that like 12 to 50 minute monologue at least half of it was me talking about how bad it was about the bugs <laughs> the, the, the the poor quests the poor writing so i totally get it but it's, it's just i don't know i think people who like bethesda really seem to fall in love with the games and people who don't enjoy them, I 100% understand it. Like, I, really, I remember, really do. Yeah. I remember in 2011, I felt like as a massive gaming fan, whatever, it felt kind of like you were like shunned, not like in Skyrim. Because I was the same as CJ. I don't have anything dramatic. I just kind of... The only Bethesda games I've ever played are Fallout 3 and Skyrim. And I didn't really like either of them all that much. Yeah. I just put about 20 hours into both, and it was just that's enough of that. But at, like, at the time, I was talking about Zelda Skyward Sword. No one gave a shit. Everyone was talking about Skyrim. That was the <laughs> that was the thing, and I just kind of felt left out. I also feel like feel that way about The Witcher Three, which I've never played as well, but not I, not in any negative. I just haven't got around to it. Those are the two games I really kind of like. Doesn't matter how many how much gaming knowledge I can acu- uh, like <laughs> accumulate because I haven't played The Witcher Three in Skyrim. I think in some people's eyes, I'm just like you know, not a gamer. <laughs> but I think it's pretty. For, I think I do think someday you'll play The Witcher. I, I, I own it. It's behind yeah. me in this collection. I own it. There's never been a better time with the PS5 version having all the DLC on disc and all that. Mm. Yeah, and it looks it looks actually fantastic. It, it does look like a very new game again, uh, to be honest. Um, but what was it about the twenty hours you put into Skyrim? And did you say five or three? Yeah. Yeah, what, what, like, what didn't, because I'm, I'm curious, people say it doesn't suck them in, like, what is it? Is it, like, boredom? I hear, like, a lot of people have talked about Starfield being boring um, the last couple of weeks. Like, what is it that maybe doesn't kind of, you know, pull you in or what puts you off? 
I can I can use this as a, um, another excuse to talk about Zelda for a second. I like in I like in like let's let's go Skyward Sword, man, which came out the same year, which is not the most loved Zelda. I love if you're wandering around the main town, Skyloft, and I came. You go into the shop, and there's like this shopkeeper selling potions, has a baby on his back. He's trying to like who? There's personality everywhere. Skyrim is just like mm, cross my palms with silver. I, I am I am ma- I am blacksmith man. Oh yes, and it's just so it's such just bog standard Tolkien fantasy for me and yeah. i just i just don't connect with it all that much and i i don't know maybe there's another part of me that like maybe i'm just too focused on the critical path maybe i'm just not enough of a, a reckless wanderer to kind of appreciate the kind of the the openness of the game but like i you're trying to get some if you're trying to get something i have no animosity towards it it's, it's actually just it's just this weird thing i just never really connected with it no it's, it's not animosity i'm trying to get out it's, it's kind mm-hmm. of like what is it that kind of makes bethesda's uh, game mechanics and kind of you know, style of game a bit like Marmite. Do you know, like, like mm. Starfield was, was so hyped, but the people who don't like it really, really don't like it. Like, it's weird. Like, despite the product, the amazing production values and the, and the graphics and the, the world and the, the voice acting is always good. There's something kind of very stiff and unnatural about everything in the the game, I find. Like, you know, that way in Oblivion, the way it, like, it zooms in on a character you're talking to, it's just the most unnatural, weird... It builds for, for, builds for memes. I was going to say, do you, do you mean in Oblivion, or in Skyrim, or in Fallout 3, or in Fallout 4, or in yeah, Fallout yeah. Vegas, or in Starfield? Cause... Sky, Skyrim, I'll give it the, the, the benefit of it. They did kind of drop that off to zoom in, but Starfield <laughs> has it now again. And again, they just don't <laughs> seem to have that kind of... Uh, for me, anyway, I've just been watching Seth play kind of over her shoulder while I'm also playing this game, 2010. But... It, that kind of the lack of life kind of in the characters like the you know we can talk about you know uh, poor face animations and blah 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 but like it just does seem to be lacking life i, I don't and i don't yeah. want to be hypocritical because mass effect can be quite plasticky as well with some of the the npcs oh, we're yeah. talking to as well you know so like you know i love i adore that series so i don't know i don't know man well i think um you're wrong um <laughs> and we're going to edit that into a way that makes you seem more wrong uh, if that's possible um what's your favorite potential game Marcy? you have to choose I had to choose. Um, it, it probably is really Skyrim. Um, okay. Like, it's just one of those weird comfort games, man. I actually don't know, as the older I get, how much of it is nostalgia and how much of it is actually it's a good game. Um, because whenever I talk about it, which is when I naturally happen now, I still tend to, as I mentioned earlier, talk about the negative kind of aspects of it, the bugs and stuff like that. But I still just boot it up every few months because it just it gives me like a sense of comfort comfort i should say um and it's also just easy to kind of autoplay it which i know we've talked about in the podcast before i remember particularly talking to kev about this before having a game where you kind of just zone out a bit and you just go and kind of go through the motions and it burns a few hours because maybe something really stressful in life is happening or you know you're busy or whatever it's just nice to kind of unwind that way um so it's just always been kind of a comfort game for me um which i'm really nervous about starfield because like every like Fallout Four wasn't that for me. I really enjoyed Fallout Four, um, but it, I was really disappointed by it. To be honest, um, like it, it, I I ended up in such a high hype uh, in my own brain. I was like, oh my god, finally another another Bethesda game. I'm gonna lose hundreds of hours into it, and I really didn't. And as CJ said, like the sound of building was kind of a little annoying. Um, the, the engine looked really really dated. Like it felt like it hadn't really improved at all. Um, see, I'm doing it. See, the negative right away about Bethesda just seems to naturally kind of come out. Um, and then Starfield, I have the same reservations because there's been so much talk about it. I was like, you, you've actually had a really nice thing a few times, Liam, in our chat. You've always been like, I hope you really enjoy it, dude. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I do. I, like, you've been talking about it for years, yeah, yes. And like, <laughs> that's all oh, I wish I hadn't. Um, and mm. so now, and like, I, I shouldn't really complain because the other game I was just as excited for, Bowers Gate 3, seems like it's going to, you know, tickle my balls for 300 hours, which is incredible. Um, I can't wait for that. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. It's Come back to me in a few months and we'll talk about the Starfield. I would love to say Starfield is my favorite Bethesda game. So I've heard a few people say that mm. um, who, who are big fans. But um, do, do you guys have a game like that? Do you have like a comfort game that you just kind of, every few months you kind of install it and uh, and kind of, you know, just throw it on for a few hours just to kind of enjoy it. I do Ocarina of Time once a year. Yeah, do you still do that every year? Yeah, yeah I haven't done this year yet, actually. Are you going to do it now that Mendes Vodka sent? I'll do it soon, I think. I might do the 3DS version this time. <laughs> what would you see, Jake? Because I know you're saying you don't really replay games that often. 
see, the, 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 there's that, but then there's also like my comfort game is the game I keep permanently installed on my PS4 and now PS5 is the game I play every single Tuesday night with my friends for like the last six years, which would be The Last of Us Remastered. Oh, yeah. Really, the online. The online mode factions in that is a game that I play every single Tuesday night with my friends, and there's at least six to eight of us every week. They're just having a good old time with us. It's it's still it's one of the best balanced and most interesting multiplayer games I've ever played. I think I'm up to fourteen hundred hours now. About that. Oh wow, that's incredible! Is yeah. is it still? Because I I don't think I ever replayed that. Is it like? Are there still lobbies? Is it still very active? You or can, do, just amongst your you can friends? do entirely private games where you can host your own servers, pick the map and modes, and then just go and you can choose your teams or let the game pick it for you. Like, there's still people playing actively online, but being a, a PS4 game that's approaching 10 years old, the people who are playing online are either incredibly sweaty or actively cheating. <laughs> like, uh, there, there's a few things where a couple of the maps, you know, you can figure out ways to clip out of bounds and just shoot people as they spawn oh, and stuff like that. But that's no fun. So we, we, we don't do any of that in the private games, but um, just being in a party of like, you know, six to eight people, uh, including people who I, I met over in Ireland and still in touch with now, um, and just, you know, talking a lot of nonsense to each other and saying things like, hey, buddy, you want to sneak up behind them and uh, give them a hug. Uh, we have a good time. That's lovely. I've never gotten an invite myself. Um, it's a standing invite. You, you could join us this Tuesday if you want. He's, he's, he can deflect like a master. Um, I'm going to stop trying to antagonize him now. <laughs> it's not paying off at all. Something um, you're aware of, Jonathan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing as well, I, I, I've been thinking about a lot, and actually, you already touched on it, Liam. Um, me and you both started new jobs recently. Um, hmm. And before that, we've been really living the fucking life of unemployment, <laughs> and it was fantastic. And people who say it's not are lying. Um, yeah, I know, right? So much yeah, time. The time, incredible. <laughs> Didn't know how important that was as a human. Um, but being able to play what I wanted all the time, that was what I did, that was fantastic. And now kind of readjusting again to having, you know, less time and we're seeing in the future it's going to become less and less and less. For you, CJ, what, like, how have you kind of, uh, you know, made sure you still get the time to play video games now, and do, you, do they still kind of have as big a place in your life as they did, you know, when you were growing up and you were playing on the spectrum? Are they still kind of something you set aside time and be even more of a place, really? Because, like, yeah. um, I, I, I think I spend about as much time playing now as I did when I was growing up. I, I'm in the fortunate position of uh, having a partner who has a, and you, you won't see the air quotes in the, uh, the, the, the audio version of this, <laughs> she has a real job. Where um, you know she's able to make enough money that we're, we're pretty comfortable, and I can work for a, a gaming retail company uh, and do like twenty hours a week and still have enough money to buy the things that I, I want to buy. So I, I get about two or three hours in every morning because um, I don't normally start until the afternoons, and I have a couple of evenings a week where I play with my friends, and that's enough time to keep up with the games I want to play. That's incredible. How are you finding out with the new job? And you know, sorry, you know. You started a few weeks ago, but how are you finding kind of still playing video games and getting yeah. the time to do it? Tough because I'm just tired now as well. You know, I forgot I forgot how <laughs> yeah. tired tired you are after work and stuff like that. Like I said, like I, I, I when we're talking about Sea of Stars, like I only have an hour into it, but I started it like it started yesterday. If, if this was a few weeks ago, I'd be like sixteen hours through <laughs> easily. Yeah. easily. <laughs> just you know, you just you know, sometimes you just have to work. I always find this, you know, I almost hate to say, gaming sometimes doesn't feel relaxing. In the same mm-hmm. way that watching a show or watching a movie does, so sometimes I'm too tired to actually play a game. Yeah, I'm watching the weird live action One Piece at the moment. That's what I've been doing with my with my evenings. What's that? Or am I allowed to ask you? I know we we the Netflix adaptation of the anime. Do you know? No, no, I don't know at all. I've never heard of it. This is the part where you you save your life by not asking more questions about it. It's yeah, it, yeah. it's it's a, it's a rather time consuming piece of media. You don't need to know about it, Mark, so you're fine without it. <laughs> All right, then. Oh, I guess I won't find out on this podcast. And for our listeners who want to know, go fuck yourself. You won't find, you, you won't find out either. Don't Google it elsewhere. Um, that's amazing. And, like, I suppose the other question about CJ is you're still, because I, I did feel then when I wasn't kind of working, that was the most I was ever playing video games. And it, was, it just felt they actually were a more important part of my life as well. You know, the older I've gotten, you always hear people say the older they get, they kind of, oh, you play video games less. Or a lot of friends have had kids, and they're like, oh, well, you know, once you have kids, you'll, you'll video games just won't be as important. I've never felt that they were of any less importance to me. That's never, mm-hmm. ever happened. The average age now is 35 for um, for 
Gamer. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's I, I always feel that the people who say stuff like that are people who haven't really experienced the same video games that we have. Like when mm. you, you talk to people who are, like I, I'm in gaming retail at the moment and I'll, I'll sometimes be serving people who are like, oh, no, I, I've never got into video games or I've never really had a chance to get into them. It's like there's never been a better time. Like with accessibility options on the rise, people who've never played games can experience the stories that they're telling easier than they could have done when they first came out yeah. like um, especially with the remake and remaster trends we've gotten or if, uh, games that are haven't been available to people to play for decades or uh, there's the system shock remake is coming to consoles pretty soon just got uh, leaked by the uh, you know the oh, ratings yeah. boards like i never played system shock when i was a kid because i never had a pc that could run it and then by the time i did uh, it, it seemed too complicated to get into for the stuff i was playing at the time so stuff like that being made more available to more people it's it's a fantastic thing but i feel like the people who are always downplaying it and saying like oh no you, you don't have time for that there are people who think all the games are just tetris or mario where you're just jumping on mushrooms you know <laughs> yeah they're, they're despite, losers. despite the fact that the medium is so old at this point let's say for argument's sake let's just say the 70s and it's like it's the amount of money it makes you know compared to other uh, mediums and stuff like that. it's so shocking to still see people talk about it the same way they did in the 80s oh that video games are for children it's like the most mainstream thing ever and everyone of all demographic players, but you still have some people who just talk about it like it's like old grow up. And people our age, that's what that's what kind of amazes me. Yeah. People that mm. who like had the same experiences I did with being surrounded by video games growing up, and like you see with something like Baldur's Gate and Starfield coming out, they're everywhere. You can't, you know, I, I saw Starfield being, you know, it was on the news. Like it, it's everywhere, but they, there still seems kind of this view that it's something you're you're wasting your life doing, you're wasting your time. <laughs> it's a bit childish. Um, it's the hobby, yo. Exactly, yeah. People need to fucking chill. Um, <laughs> Whoa. You have to remember that it's perfectly socially acceptable to binge watch a Netflix show for like 12 hours the day it comes yeah. out. But if you have a controller in your hand while you're doing that, oof, no, that's that's a nerdy thing you're doing there. Yeah, I play football manager for 800 hours and don't call my parents for months and I'm fucking, I'm a monster. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, um, uh, I think, uh, Liam, do you have something you want to ask CJ maybe? Yeah, we're we've been doing this podcast for a couple of years now. We're relatively wet under what's the phrase? Wet under the no, I don't know what that phrase is. Wet under the willy? Is that what you're going to say? Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I just tried to talk. I tried to talk fancy, <laughs> but um, you've been making content on YouTube for a while, have you? Is that oh, yeah. that? Pretty uh, much from the the second that the PlayStation Four was able to stream to YouTube, right. I was uh, uploading terrible uh, video reviews and uh, content to it. Like I, I think my my account might be. 10 years old now i should probably go and look that up wow. now. how do you find making content for video games mostly it's just been a thing of i don't tend to put too much effort into it like it's one of those ends of it we can't relate to that we can't relate to that cj here on this high production podcast meticulously constructive um ever since it was a capability of just like pressing two buttons on the console to stream what i'm already doing anyway it's like there's no harm in doing it, so why not just stream what I'm playing for other people to watch? And to be fair, I've never really had a huge subscriber count because I don't, you know, play Same. Fortnite and stuff like that. But the, I, I, I get, I get genuine interactions from people of like they're oh, just beyond cool. like, what's this game? Oh, this seems cool. Yeah, I'll check out the rest of the videos of you when you upload it, kind of thing. If I stream a game and one person watches it through from start to finish and they had a good time, then it would work too. Well, one of the reasons why it's cool to have you on here is because we're talking about getting genuine reactions for making content. You're 90% of the genuine interactions we've had is from you. <laughs> so, you know, it's good to have you on, you know, <laughs> finally. I didn't yeah. even know who you were at first when you were commenting on our Twitter post. And, and Mars was just, oh, he's my friend. And I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Some, ra- some rando from the internet found us. No, but no, from looking up always... here, uh, I joined YouTube on August 13th, 2011. Jeepers. Oh, wow. I, wasn't even, I wasn't even born then. Yeah. <laughs> You, you were a paedophile then, you weren't even an ex-paedophile. Is this going to be a recurring thing? I don't know. I don't understand that. Probably, probably should do that. Yeah. <laughs> and like, what, what your, are you mostly focused on doing reviews of late? Or you, you did a few Let's Plays I remember watching as well. You, yeah, you like with, with that whole thing of just, if I'm playing a game anyway, I'll, I'll stream it so people can see it. I've got um, Let's Plays of pretty much every game I play. The, the only stuff I, I don't tend to stream is anything that's particularly visual novel heavy because I tend to read faster than I think would be comfortable for most people to read. And mm. if I either slow down myself to let other people read it, or if I just skip through everything, it's going to be a bad time for somebody, either me or the people watching it. So like, uh, I played through the um, the non-honorary games uh, last year. Yeah. And like, 
Actually, they're fantastic. I, I didn't stream. The, I, I didn't stream those at all because I I, I skipped through the text and read it all very quickly because I've been you know, reading it for a long time. CJ, um, did you listen to our episode when I tried to explain the ending of Nine Nine Nine? I did. Yes. It's uh, did you, how did you, how did I do as someone who's played it? Was it okay? It's close enough as a word to go. With. <laughs> I don't know why that hurts so much. I don't know. It, it, it's, it's enticing enough that people are like, is that right? I should play that myself and discover it. <laughs> so yeah, like art now, like I'll stream everything I do. If a game is relatively recent that um, I think it's worth doing a review on, or if I have anything I actually want to say about it, I'll do a review of it. Like um, when I recently played through Midnight Suns, I wanted to do a review of that because it's one of the best games I've played this year. Like, um, it's absolutely fantastic. And I wish I'd picked it up at launch to get into it then. But um, there'll be other stuff I'll do that I just don't do a review for, like um, Werewolf the Apocalypse Earthblood was on Plus Extra. And I, I, I suffered through eight hours of that. And I was like, I don't need to do a review of this. Nobody needs to have any more time or, or concern spent on this game. It's just not good. Um, well, folks, um, it's been an absolute... Uh, blast um, having you on here, uh, CJ. Uh, I hope we have you on again someday. Absolutely. To be a, to be a mm-hmm. solo uh, venture. Um, uh, maybe you could replace uh, Liam. That's what yeah. I'm to say to the guys. Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah. yeah you'll, have, you'll have to prize this podcast from my cold, dead hands. Actually, I wouldn't mind some time off from doing it. I, I am quite tired. <laughs> I am quite competent and, and uh, happy to talk about video games anytime you want, Jonathan. But the only thing I will say is that I'll probably skip the Tears of the Kingdom episode because I didn't buy Tears of the Kingdom because I don't like well, it in the before... wild. Oh, well... Hang on, those kids need to shut up for a suicide. <laughs> just let me just go boil the kettle very quickly and get rid of them. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, I have to put on that thread. Uh, I've done well not to put on many of them. You did yes. like Breath of the Wild. I, I so funny said this. I was playing Switch a few days ago and I knew you were going to be coming on today. I was just curious, like, oh, I wonder if he played Tears of the Kingdom. And you saw you put, you put quite a bit of time into Breath of the Wild. So I did. You, I just did. Really? It's one of those things, it's always been kind of the weak spot of my gaming armor, is that I just can't get into the free form and survival games where they just go like, here you go, have fun, and make kind of gestures to the world. Like, if it's got structure to it, or it's got a reason to do the things, I'll have fun with it. But with Breath of the Wild, the breaking point was just, I found myself climbing a cliff, and it started raining, and then I was stuck there while it rained. I couldn't go back down to get a campfire going to skip the weather. I couldn't climb up. And I was just sitting looking at my phone for about 15 minutes. And I was like, why am I even playing this? I could just be playing another game where I can actually play the game. Like, Zelda's one of my favorite franchises. And if I had to pick a favorite one of them, it'd probably be Link Between Worlds and Link to the Past or like top tier. But um, Breath of the Wild just felt like I was just randomly walking in directions for no real purpose or game. Like, it wasn't a thing of, okay, I got to this dungeon, I got the hook shot, now I can go back and find these secrets or find these places. Just like, yeah, you found another Korok, find an R60 and you can get an R stamina wheel or something. You know, it's... Uh, it just, it, it, none of it grabbed me in a way that made me want to keep playing. Uh, Liam, would you like to... No, no, I'm fine. <laughs> I've talked about Breath of the Wild a lot in this podcast. <laughs> but I've heard that opinion a lot online. I've, like, I understand, like... Breath of the Wild isn't it isn't Zelda, you know, in, in that way, in, in that sense, like the other ones are, and I understand people um, kind of bouncing off. But I love Breath of the Wild for different reasons why I love Ocarina and Majora and Link to the Past and stuff like that. So I get it. I disagree, but I get it. Completely fair. Like it's also the same reason like I don't get into stuff like Minecraft or Ark mm-hmm. or any of those kind of you know survival free craft builder stuff where it's just like I, I can play it for a day or so and be like, okay, so I made a house. What do I do now? And they're like, oh, you need to f- explore and find recipes. And there's the, the nether and stuff. It's like, yeah, but the game's not telling me any of that. It's just like, it's a, it's a build a house. I built a house. What do I do now? I, my brain doesn't want to let me um, just, you know, free form and explore the world. Or like, what have you tried doing this? Look, it works. It just it, it just doesn't work that way. Broken, you know? That's very fair. Uh, I'm actually going to ask you one more question, CJ. I just think sure. we actually maybe make a regular thing when you have someone on. What's your favorite game of all time? If you can only keep one game, and you can't say The Last of Us remastered from 10 years ago, because everyone's what, what, dead. I was say, yeah, it, it's a fantastic uh, multiplayer game, but it wouldn't be the game I'd pick for that anyway. Yeah. I would pick XCOM 2. XCOM 2. 
too. I've never actually played it. I think, Liam, did you play it? You... No, I am the Your sibling, of, I'm the sibling yeah. of someone who absolutely. So you get along with my brother, CJ. He adores XCOM. Fair. The XCOM franchise is just a, a fantastic, you know, strategy game where you, all your decisions matter, and you know things that go wrong in an early mission will have repercussions later on because your guys aren't well equipped enough or they aren't trained up well enough, and you can lose a campaign hours ago before you do it. But like, it would be a game I could play forever because it's difficult enough that I still can't beat it in the highest difficulty level, even with hundreds of hours in it. And it has a character pool, so I can uh, make all the people I want to remember in there. Like, like I've got people in my XCOM character pool who. Are no longer with me but it's kind of like they get to live on as saving earth you know oh that's very very cool i must play it uh and actually one more thing before we wrap this up um just kind of remember there cj as long as i've known you you've been a huge fan um of video game soundtracks um, I mean, yeah. that you you've you have incredible knowledge about it um and you you, you love them uh liam i know as well you've been I won't say arrogant. You've always been confident about your kind of your video game soundtrack knowledge. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I thought yeah. maybe sure. you know the fans have asked for another quiz. It's been a while. Um, it's I was say, with, the, with the way he's wording this up, I expect us both to get zero of these right now. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I, not, I, I'm sure Kevin is listening to this on his in his holiday. Um, I once created one between Kevin and Liam, and purposely went out of my way to find the most dickheaded songs to pick. Like thinking he won't get this. Uh, I think Kev lost like four nil. Liam knew each one within like <laughs> there was one I played within three seconds. And you were like, rrr, rrr. I was like, poor, poor old Kev. Um, I have kind of gone. You, I know you both. You've mentioned before that you know the first few Final Fantasies were known as well. So I've gone for some later editions here. And what so we're doing actually, Final Fantasy, Mars, are we? It's sorry, yes, I should say this. It's a Final mm-hmm. Fantasy series. Sorry, excuse okay. me. Um, to kind of pick. Um, these are actually p- p- a piano. I couldn't pronounce piano there for a second. Uh, piano instrumentals. Just to make it a little bit harder, um, so you really will need to know the song. Um, are we taking turns? Or are we buzzing in? Come on, what's happening? What so is I'm, happening? I'm getting to it. I don't know why. Are we? Wait, hang on. Are, we are we running out of time on the podcast? No, 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 yeah, no, sorry, guys. Being under pressure here. I'm not going to host anymore. Fucking stress. Um, but what we will do here um, is you need to shout out uh, your name um, uh, to once I play the song, um, which will give you a chance to to answer. Um, uh, it's a point system. Um, so because CJ is a guest, uh, he gets yeah. two points uh, okay. for every answer. Yeah, that, that's, that's obviously reasonable. Yeah. 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 And uh, Liam, because you're, you're a host, you get uh, one point, um, which I think is, I think is fair. Um, one point for the video game. Okay. Um, and then a bonus point um, if you can tell me the name of the song as well. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. So for the listeners, they both look quite nervous. I'm hyped. I'm hyped. Um, which is amazing because it's something we obviously we this is, I've been doing this for weeks. Um, so it's also going to be very, very good. Um, here's the first one. So again, say your name, and then I'll give you a chance to answer. That's really nice, isn't it? Liam. Final Fantasy VIII Blue Fields. Yeah, correct. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Liam, and I'm going to be fair to son Liam. Uh, so I'll, I'll give you both points there. So Liam has. Uh, <laughs> uh, congr- congratulations. Um, excellent. Very quick. Yeah, it's it's nice, isn't it? This is a really good playlist. So I'm going to share with you guys afterwards. Yeah, sure. It's a nice rendition. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, here's the here's the second one. There'll be four in total. Tip of Liam's tongue here. Lovely. Sorry, my league did I do this? Yeah, you'll probably be fine as long as you don't get the MC out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I don't think I know. Okay. No. Pause it there. Can I, can I, can can I, I, can I can I'll give be, a guess? Yeah, Liam. go for it, yeah. Liam, yeah. I don't think it is, but Liam, Final Fantasy X Riku's team? Yeah. Yeah? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> c- c- correct. It is Riku's team, Final Fantasy X. 
that means Liam uh, has taken the lead here, CJ. He's yeah. uh, two and a half points ahead. It's still all to play for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're, 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 I still have faith in you. If you come back. This one is, I would argue, a bit more famous. Oh, CJ. Go ahead, CJ. This is Final Fantasy VI, and it's the opera theme song. Um, I don't remember the name of it, but it's definitely the song that Seals sings at the opera. I will uh, take that. that is, yeah, that is enough well uh, for me. Let's take that. Uh, well done. Yeah, fantastic. Oh, brilliant. So we're actually neck and neck, tied. Going into the, the final one here. Um, oh, I feel like this might be too easy now. I picked but anyway, here, here we go. Sorry. Uh, Liam. Go ahead, Liam. Final Fantasy Seven. It's a submarine. Uh, it's under the water. I don't know what is the actual name of the track, though. I'm going to need the name of the track, I think. Why? The, um, <laughs> I think it is just called Submarine, honestly. But... Or Underwater or Under uh, yeah. Ocean or I'll, something. I'll, I'll play for it. So Liam has gotten the game, so I'll give him a point for that. Uh, yeah. CJ, if you can think of the name of the, the song. Uh, uh, I'm definitely not Googling it as we speak. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I thought it was called Submarine, honestly, but yeah. Don't know, don't know the name of it. Great track, actually. Reunion is a fantastic track. Reunion is the name of uh, oh, that reunion. track. Yeah, it's called Reunion. Yeah, well, that's a mistake on Spotify, which could definitely be true. Uh, <laughs> as a user created playlist, who knows? Um, but yeah, uh, well done, Liam. Um, you finally won one of these. Uh, I want to talk about is it yeah. rude that uh, I won when the guest was on, though? Should I have, should Not at all. I, I just know next time that I need to pick something like XCOM. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, it was a bit rude, but that's okay. Um, it's your it's your podcast, and that's the way it goes. Um, but uh, look, guys, uh, we're about to run out of time here that we're allowed to use for our free subscription service. Don't uh, don't reveal the nitty gritty of Sorry, our okay. cheap cheap ass production. <laughs> oh, apparently, that track is called uh, "Secret of the Deep." Yeah, Marcy, get your shit together. <laughs> CJ just found well, the name of the track, and it wasn't what you said. Well, CJ won't be coming back on this podcast. <laughs> um, but uh, thank you so much uh, for making the time, CJ. Genuinely, it was great, great getting to hear a little bit your 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 background in gaming, your love for it. Um, we'll definitely have you on again, Liam. Great to see you as always, my friend. And yes. for everyone listening, uh, thanks for still listening. Um, we, we really do appreciate it. Please share, like, subscribe. Do all those things um, uh, to kind of keep, you know keep us going um, and keep make sure that we can keep making these because again we do it for free, um, which is mad really. Um, it's really I'm really mad actually when you think about it. Uh, but uh, thanks so much everyone. Uh, see you soon and goodbye from me, John, and goodbye from CJ. Bye. Goodbye from Liam. Bye bye. Bye. And bye from those kids. Yeah, those fuckers. <laughs> Get the candles down. Oh, hello there for anyone who bothered to listen through to the end credits. You're rewarded with an editor's note. Here I am, nine days after the recording of that episode. I am now editing it, and I have to I have to admit, I was wrong. Marcy was right. That last Final Fantasy track is from Final Fantasy VII, and it is called Reunion. It's not the underwater submarine track. I almost cringed out of my balls when I was listening to it in the edit. I don't know what I was thinking on the day. I should know this. I didn't. I don't know what I'm for.